Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Practical Shaman podcast. Make sure that you hit subscribe, that you hit like and and all of that, because what I'm going to be bringing to you over the course of the next few years is compelling conversations with people who are also in the shamanic circle, which to me is a very big, broad circle. And today is no exception. I have Issa Guchardi, who I've been really looking forward to meeting for many years. Uh, she's a PhD and the founding director of the Foundation of the Sacred Stream, a school for consciousness studies in Berkeley, California. She's very smart. She has degrees in transpersonal psychology, cultural anthropology, and comparative religion. And she's a dedicated Buddhist practitioner for 40 years. And also, she has studied with many shamanic practice, practitioners and teaches applied shamanic practices. Uh, I can go on and on, but let's get into the conversation. But I would like to say that she is the author of the book, Coming to Peace and the New Return to the Great Mother. And I'd like to talk to you about the return to the Great Mother. What does that mean for you? Well, it's a way of bringing people back into the, uh, in a very visceral and practical way, um, into a new relationship with the Great Mother, with the Sacred Feminine. And it's uh, a book that's written for, um, particularly for women who are giving birth and giving them some options on understanding where the birthing process is in in the whole process of initiation that a woman's body puts her through, beginning with her own birth, going through puberty, going through her monthly cycle, going into her first encounter sexually, going into giving birth, going into menopause, and going into death. And so the book is, you know, originally it's the new return to the great mother because the first book I wrote was primarily for birthing women. And then I realized, you know, the birth is just one moment in these initiatory moments that every woman's body brings her through and shows her what her spiritual path is as mm -hmm. her body changes. And so I wanted to do some more writing about the nature of initiation and the way in which our, our biology um, is actually our spiritual teacher. And, mm -hmm. and, and help women and men and everyone who identifies with any kind of sexuality to reconnect with the power of the sacred feminine and to bring that back into the world, back into the relationship that we have with ourselves, with our bodies, with the earth, and um, to help us heal the places within us that have become separated from the values of the sacred feminine that have become separated from the from the power of the earth and so this book it's a it's a it's a easy book to read it you know my idea for it was that it would be something that someone could pick up and read in a short amount of time and really get a different view and there is a meditation in the book and it's also on our website sacredstream.org that is designed to help people reconnect with the power of the great feminine on their own terms it may be that may be the experience of a bear, it may be experience of the moon, it may be a feeling, a deep, deep-seated feeling of peace, it may be a light. And in the book, I talk about the different ways in which other women have, in, in men and people beyond, beyond sexual identity, um, dual identity, have connected with um, the power of the great feminine. And so you get an idea. 
mm -hmm. of how the process works. I think we forgot to say hello. So <laughs> I jumped right on in when I got down there and they're like, hello, it's really nice to have you here. And I guess we did the little snippet beforehand. What many listeners might not know is because I'm the practical shaman and you know I'm pretty much down to earth, but I do a lot of reading in uh, religion and a lot of reading in anthropology and I run a, a marketing department for a behavioral health care organization so when I saw your background I thought like wow we have a very similar background and and not so much Buddhist I do more you know Veda Vedic processes and only as a supplement to my shamanic work not as my primary um, primary uh, avenue of processing I guess would be the word but when you were talking about, and I didn't know, I should have read your book because I haven't, and I apologize, but I'm writing a new book called The Practical Shaman, and there's a, a chapter about um, going in, and I talk about the involution process as as a process of um, initiation. And are you a mother? Yes. Yes, I have two children. Yes. Because so I, I don't, I got there in some other way. Because I'm like, I'm so tired of the butterfly that transforms. <laughs> There's got to be another. There, there must be another, another metaphor here. And I, I, I landed on the involution process because, you know, the whole book is about, you know, uh, changing your inner experience. And I know that that's what you're about as well. How did you, how did you get to these combinations of? all of this education and, and how did that lead you to uh, Buddhism and how did it lead you to shamanism? Well, you know, I, um, I grew up all around the world, actually. I, um, I spent the first part of my childhood in, um, in Hawaii and I was put in a school, a hula school at age three. So um, and at the time in Hawaii, you know, there was all this, you know, everyone was discovering Hawaii. It was, you know, it had become a state and there was all this lovely hula hands kind of hula, which, you know, I wasn't too crazy about, but I was really crazy about the ancient hulas, which were not at all popular then that have now had a resurgence. Thank goodness. And, um, and, and I wanted to dance the ancient hulas. So this older woman kind of took me under her arm and, or her wing and and we danced to, to the sea we danced to the wind we danced to the fish and you know I was inculcated I was dancing for many years you know in you know with the spirits of nature and I spent a lot of time alone in nature as a child you know I couldn't get me off of the beach you know I my best friends were the crabs you know like you know so um, so, you know, I had this deep, immersive, immersive experience of nature and shamanic practices early on. And then we moved to Mexico, where for part of the year, I was left in the care of the, uh, the Huichol uh, ranch hands that ran the ranch where my family, you know, would live part of the year. And so I had, you know, they taught me you know, they taught me how to track rabbits. They taught me about the different plants that, you know, you could, you know, use if you got stung by a bee, you know, to find the, the plant that was going, you know, you chew it up and put it on the bee sting, you know, like they, they really were kind to me. They taught me how to ride horses and, and I was exposed to their culture, you know, at, you know, as they were taking care of me. 
and um, and then I moved to Saudi Arabia, and and you know you know every place I went, I wound up with the people of the place. In Saudi Arabia, there was a big expat community that would all go hang out at the Aramco compound, and I was like, I you know the goats are over there, and you know, and you know the they would. It was really kind of surreal. It, you know, it was in the '60s, and it was very surreal. And behind the, you, in the desert, you would have these compounds that had. There, there was very little in the desert. There was very, you know, Riyadh. Now, when I look at Riyadh, I can't believe this is Riyadh because there was one paved road between the airport and downtown. You know, when downtown was the souks, it was the bazaars. You know, there was nothing there, and so we were on that road, and and. Goodness knows whose idea was to grow grass in the middle of the desert, but we were growing grass in the garden and they would come and cut it and they would dump the grass over the side of the wall. And the Bedouins who were, you know, had lived there forever would come and bring their goats with and give them the grass. And so I'm like, hi, I like your goats, <laughs> you know, and they were kids my age, you know, they were young boys and girls. And, um, and, uh, and so I got to know them, you know, and there, and I was intrigued with their way of life and their, you know, they had all these amazing incense that they would burn and they would take me to their tents. And, you know, so I had this, I had this whole inculcation of, you know, other experience. And, you know, I think within that, you know, there was the experience of, of other ways of knowing and other ways of being. And, um, and so I started studying cultural anthropology, trying to find a, 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 a culture that reflected the power of nature that I had found so much solace in. And that I, I you know, and I, I had a big question that I write about in my book, Coming to Peace, you know, how, how do we bring the, the peace of nature the quietude of nature, the harmony of nature into human experience. And so I was trying to find, has there a culture that has done that? And I, I came up with a few, and but I wasn't quite satisfied. So I thought maybe it's a religion. So I started studying religion. And the two traditions that I felt came closest to, to really offering a pathway to harmony were, of course, shamanic practice, which I'd already been exposed to without having a name for it and um and buddhism and so um and i started practicing buddhism at a very young age and uh and i had actually started in hawaii because one of my good friends was a japanese Amer a japanese hawaiian girl who would uh they her family would take me to the dojo at, at, on the on the weekend and i was like those gongs, you know, I have to follow those gongs. Where are they taking us? You know, you know, who are these golden statues? Who are these Buddhas? And so when I returned to Buddhism, it was a very powerful return in my late teens. And, and so, you know, and so I, 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 it was just from the very beginning that all of this evolved. And as I, you know, I, I did different things in my life. I worked as an interpreter. Uh, languages. And, um, and, I, you know, I hadn't really realized I was being trained to learn how to translate 
from the unseen into the scene. You know, I was translating from one verbal reality to another verbal reality. But as I began, as I went back to school and got my PhD in transpersonal psychology, and as I became certified as a hypnotherapist, and as I started working in the clinical setting, I really started seeing, first of all, the limitations of, of traditional psychological approaches and the limitations even of traditional hypnotherapeutic approaches. And I really found, you know, you know, here's what here's here's a process that that we can adapt into this modern context, this process of power retrieval and help people become more empowered. And and here's 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 this process of soul retrieval that and we can adapt this hypnotherapeutic process to help the person become their own shamanic practitioner and do their own soul retrievals. And and I, you know, it just really emerged depth hypnosis, which is a combination of shamanism and and Buddhism and energy medicine and hypnotherapy and transpersonal psychology. But the two big engines are shamanism. And hula. And Don't forget the hula that you started at. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, hula is part of the shamanism. I, right? You know, I mean, I I one time I stayed at a, um, I was on the Big Island, uh, and they were. Um, I stayed with this, this, this woman had an Airbnb and she was a hula dancer. And so she did a private hula dance for oh. my friend and I. And, and so I got to experience that part, but you just made me laugh when you said, Oh, when I got back into seriously into Buddha, when I was a teen. So like you clearly are, a, a, clearly are a seeker here yeah. um, and, yeah. and translating, you know, my, my quest has always been how, how do we um how do we get people to know themselves as nature instead of how, how that you know because I'm, I'm sure you don't mean it as a separate experience of you know the quiet of nature because we are that nature so how do i how do i become to experience myself as nature yeah. is is my current question and yeah. like how do i get other people to do that and I, so i think that like people like you and myself, we've been doing this for a long, long time. And uh, so tell me, you, you're creating, I happen to see in an in a email thread that you're creating a new course coming up, or you're teaching more coming up. Yeah, I've got, um, there's a lot happening. Um, actually, one of the courses that's coming up is not totally new, but it's it's an important class that it, that might be of interest to your your audience, it's a class on coming to peace, which is a process of conflict resolution that draws from both Buddhist and shamanic traditions in terms of helping people create a container to be able to approach conflict and, and resolve conflict in a, in a very straightforward way. And that class is coming up in May. And I, I do think that would be something that would be of interest to both shamanic practitioners and and Vedic practitioners, you know the Vedic Vedic processes are, you know, I think Buddhism and Vedic processes have very similar roots, you know. Mm. So, um, and um, so we have that class coming up, and we also have, um, you know, our whole applied shamanic uh, program, which is actually just we're in the process of right now where we we have the power retrieval well first of all of course we have the shamanic journey class and then the power retrieval and the middle world class and then the soul retrieval and the guiding of souls class and then the advanced retreat um 
And this is this is a program that is always cycling through all of the programs at uh, the Sacred Stream, so you can enter into that training, and and you know within a year have have a very strong basis uh, of of understanding of shamanic practice, which and then you can uh, go into the uh, 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 the uh, plant medicine insight integration program, which is the applied shaman, an extension of the applied shamanism mm. process. So there's a lot going on for people. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. I, I told um, Issa that I had a friend who had had gone through her program and really, really liked it uh, many years ago. You you've mentioned plant medicine a couple times, and I think that would be like a really good place to kind of coalesce our discussion. Um, you know, I, I work at a behavioral healthcare company and they're creating this new um, brand called Conscious Health and Wellness. And, and I'm, I've been a little struggling with it because everyone thinks that it's new and innovative. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I did plant medicine, you know, 20 years ago when, you know, when AA didn't work for me and, and therapy stopped getting, it just didn't get to the root of the, the problem. And and so here we are now, and we've got this new medicine like that. It's the new wonder of the world. And and I don't want to poo-poo it at all because it helped me, it helped really clear out those last, those kernels that were stuck. The One time I, I envisioned like the assault lick being removed from, from the, the core of me. And so, but I'm a little concerned, and I want to ask your opinion about this, that that we can't take this out of the settings that you know set in settings i guess is that is the psychological word or something about that and i want to make sure that and maybe this is foolish maybe we opened up the cave for for this you know 25 years ago for other people but how do we how can we be helpful as wisdom keepers to help as this becomes, you know, mainstream Budweiser. Well, I think that most important thing is, I think you're right in terms of context. I mean, I don't think you have to do plant medicines in the jungle. I mean, it doesn't have to be that kind of context, but you do have to understand the context out of which plant medicine has arisen. And that is the natural world. And it is the purview of shamanic practitioners who have been trying to understand the power and wisdom of the earth for millennia. And mm -hmm. so we need to, I mean, so my program teaching the, you know, the certificate, it, you have to do all of the shamanic, all of the shamanic work before you get to the plant medicine mm -hmm. insight integration so that you have, that you understand as a modern person, the importance of respecting the earth and approaching and understanding the plants as wisdom keepers far beyond just the psychotropic plants. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the the whole herbal tradition and the whole work with, with plants that, that shamans have always done is is the larger context out of which the the psychotropic plant use comes. And we really we really I think by by educating people and people who are running circles and people who are imbibing and and who are preparing their to, to imbibe and trying to process what they've imbibed. I think if we give them this larger context and help them understand the intelligence that that is 
part of or is running the basically running the show actually um and if we help them understand how important it is to approach that intelligence with humility and with respect mm -hmm. and i think that i think we can bring it into the modern context in that way without being a culture vulture without being without going into that consumer you know like consumption you know weekend warrior let's do it dude you know kind of thing you know it's you know like i think we can create an alternative way of being with the plants and understanding the larger context respecting the larger context out of which it comes and then really seeking guidance from the plants you know trying to understand ourselves you know you said you had that experience of having that those those places that were stuck that after all the work that you have done you know that that you still needed help and the plants are really good for working at that deep level mm -hmm. and and i really think the more people that learn to work at that deeper level and the more the more that people can as you say go inward and learn more about their inner world and the way in which they are creating the world around them from the experience of their inner world i think that the more we're going to get a change um, on the planet which is what we desperately need mm. i love that approach in fact i may have you come over and maybe we'll do a um you know a talk for the behavioral health community through through my work because me, my boss gets it at a, at a certain level and 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 i just would like to i'd like to train you know the people in the clinic to understand that you can't take the medicine away from the plants is and and i don't know that it's the best work for people at a certain level and i and i and i don't come with judgment i come with experience and so i i definitely would like to further this conversation with you love to continue it love to continue it with you and, and and we can do it again I think we have so much more to talk about so I'm totally uh I want to say that if people are looking for more of Issa's work go over to I think it's the sacredstream.org right and check out her classes because I can tell from the richness of your share that your programs are probably embodied and rich and uh, and I know from some some people that I know who have been there, full of heart and soul. And to me, that's what people need right now at this time in history. Yes, we don't need we don't need more information. We need heart and soul, and we need to be able to integrate that. And and you know, somebody who thinks that she jumped back into Buddhism at seventeen and clearly has put a few times around the sun. Um, has that kind of depth and, and wisdom to share. So thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. And thank you for your work in the world. It's it's such a pleasure to get the opportunity to speak with you. I so appreciate your work and all that you do. So thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're very welcome. And for those of um, you who are, aren't, are going to be listening because of Isa, um, you can go over to my website, thepracticalshaman.com. And right now, uh, I just released Winds of Spirit on audio. And you know there hasn't been enough men in the movement in a while and the winds wanted a man to read it so this beautiful soul has, has read the book and he took hours upon hours to learn all the different cultures and the pronunciations and did a masterful job in fact i interviewed him on the last the practical shaman podcast so check that out as well hit subscribe go over and check out isa's website 
and have a blessed day.